I'm strong and get these soap with my dad. And so get it. Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. Why are you here? You're supposed to be asleep. Wake up. On a shucky ducky kind of day. He's bare chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Now let's get down to brass tacks before I hit you with this funk. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon, and now he. Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C, say Senor, a dimly lit room deep down within the bowels. The Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. Man's got that Tuesday feeling today, huh? Feels like a Tuesday. Mm. And we're under the tutelage of our general manager. North Korean nukes. There's no stopping them now. The world has given its signal. Go ahead, fathead. Build whatever bombs you can. It's the new reality. It's our new normal. Go ahead, fathead. The tough new UN sanctions. Anything but, in my opinion iPhone 10 comes out today. I'm feeling the itch. Feeling the itch. Might be uh, fungus. I got a fever. I got a fever for uh, the iPhone. And the only thing that will cure it is the iPhone 10 or the X. They're calling it the X? Yes. We'll find out what that's all about later. Supposedly, the details have leaked out, and we'll have them for you. It's got legs. It will run around the room. You call the iPhone, and it will run over to you. Come here! Come here! <laughs> Little legs stick out the side and it That's runs right. over. That's is correct. It's very handy. According to a leak from Apple. You know what we're going to do today? Study the world! Study the world? Uh, yes. Study. Study. Study the world. <laughs> study the world? Yeah. Um, so we'll kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad, and then we'll, uh, then we'll get into it. You know, There's our board operator, Michelangelo, we'll say hello to. How are you, Michael? I'm okay. My skin was a little dry on my face, and so sorry I got, to hear that. You yeah. should use some of that goat milk soap my wife has. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I, I got a like a similar type product. And I think it was too strong. I'm still smelling it, and so it was like you know, some sort of uh, flowery flavor, and and so mm. anyway, anyways, I'm still scents, smelling. Uh, scents irritate me. I try to stay away from the scents. Do you guys wash your face on a regular basis? I mean, like every day, or is it one of those? Well, yeah. No, it, I mean, some some is guys. Is there anybody re- that doesn't? Well, Could no, I mean, some guy, I, so I've known people that actually don't. I mean, really? They, no, I mean, like in the shower they do, but not they, you know, make a point of getting a special wash for their face and then you know, do the whole 
uh, face wash thing. We got to fight for you even suggesting that I use a special facial cleanser as a grown man. Yeah, what am I? Come Please. on, now. am I a fancy boy? See, or am I man? A man? The goat hey man? The goat milk soap my wife made. She's trying different scents to try to figure out which is going to be the uh, most marketable. She tried patchouli, which I hate oh, that smell. Lord. Do oh, some my. people like that smell? Yes, apparently. they do. I've never <laughs> liked it. Oh, but yeah, how she about, made some of that yesterday. It's terrible. How about the smell of goat? Just to, authentic. It keeps your skin moist, but it makes you eat tin cans. <laughs> Hilarious. You find yourself doing that all the time. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, I've been trying to pull some of my friends to find out if the movie It is still still worth seeing. If it's something because I'm not a fan of the genre, but I understand it is, it is a very it. very good movie. It's getting being very well received, but I find it difficult to talk about It because It is its title, right? Mm-hmm. So did did you like it? Did did you like the movie It? It sucks. Uh, yeah, it seems like like the cutting room floor of an Abbott and Costello routine from back in the day. But, <laughs> yes. but I don't know. I just find it very perplexing to be. Did you like it? It. Do I understand now? Uh, you know, spoiler alert. If you don't want to know, or you didn't read the book forty five years ago, or whatever. But um, it's a clown that kills children. I just I well, don't want to see that. Well, it's a clown. Or does it? It's a clown that eats everything, but it it essentially salts its food with uh, with fear. And children are more easily to scare, therefore, oh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's what A I clown mean. who eats everything. It's a book about me. Hey! Hey, now. Oh, no! Bit of an eating problem. I haven't had this much problem talking. <laughs> I haven't had this much problem talking to my friends about a movie since I asked them if they... Did, did you guys see Saw? Did you see Did you see the movie Saw? Did you see Saw? <laughs> Again. Abbott and Costello yeah. tried that out for a couple of weeks on vaudeville. You just didn't And that's just not working. The Seesaw bit does not work. <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. Are you I'm doing very, very well. We have a special celebrity birthday today, my friends. Comedian, writer, producer Louis C.K. turns 50 today. Mm. Net worth at least $35 million. Wow! I thought would have thought it had been more than that. That's a lot. You remember a few years ago he said he was broke. He said he was bankrupt because he he had the TV show that went nowhere. He's financing his own movies. Right. So he (laughs) is in the the sense that businesses are often not as liquid as as the person would be. He is investing... But he has these things that he can sell off. He, he, got, he is in no way struggling for money. He also no. got divorced after he hit it big. So. Right. Yeah. Netflix came to his uh, rescue, gave him gazillions of dollars for a couple of uh, specials. So he's back uh, He's back in the black. He actually has a new movie that's debuting yep. at the Toronto International Film Festival as well that nobody knew about until about three weeks ago when he announced it was going to be here at the, uh, the film festival. Remember when he did that child molester bit on Saturday Night Live oh, that boy. got so much attention? Oh, boy. Wow. Well, he works. He works on the edge, which I appreciate. Yep, certainly. Uh, and if you work on the edge, sometimes you will go over the edge. Trust me, it happens. Uh, I'm and Jack then Ups. everybody has to act like you're a terrible yeah. person oh, yeah. and call for your hide. Oh yeah. Or oh, an example of that in the news today: somebody who wore a, a, a Nazi outfit and is in trouble uh, and has had to apologize. We'll have to get you know, into that story. I, I'm not offended by the Nazi outfit. I'm offended by how stupid that is. I mean, come on, you gotta know. Mm. You got it. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, September 12th, the year uh, 2017. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin the uh, show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go. Here's the beginning at Mark. What happened is it just came down, the wind was blowing, and you could see the tree right behind me just blew out the railing, and then the fork came down like that and hit right in the soffit right up there. You can see where it's just blown out. And if you look way up yonder there, right chimney, let me get way up there. 
Yeah, you can see where it just knocked that whole thing off kilter like that. He got that wing, he's coming down. <laughs> I love your title on the sheet here, Sean. Colorful Hick Theater. <laughs> I've listened to that 50 times. I, have, I only know about half of the words so far. Is that for real as far as we can tell? Yeah, somebody, a, a tree fell on top of somebody's house, and this is a guy doing like a selfie video of him explaining it. Oh, awesome. He then texted it to his son. His son tweeted it out, and it just blew up. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, side effects of the deal. National debt soaring to a new record. Chris Christie lashing out at former White House strategist Steve Bannon. Boy, I'll tell you, it's getting really nasty. And class action anger unleashed on Equifax. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I'm telling you, Equifax and Wells Fargo need to get together. Your money today and your future money will screw you out of all of it. Wells Fargo, <laughs> Equifax. Beautiful. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's just fine. Positive Sean comes up, comes in for a brutal comeuppance, I'm afraid. Uh-oh. Oh, so rough we'll, side of a correspondent's tongue. So we'll go through the news of the day. That's kind of what we do. Um, so some details about the iPhone X did leak out in theory. In theory, claiming? in theory, they call it advertising where yes. I come from. <laughs> uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So I just heard you guys talking. So do I understand there's a new Monday Night Football theme song? Uh, sure. Hank Williams Jr. is back, Jack. Oh, yeah. And wait till you hear it. So Monday Night Football has a new song. Are you ready for some football? No, they, it has the they, old song. They didn't just bring that back? It's it has a new version. Of okay. the old song. Of the old song. Gotcha. Cleverly combining with uh, Hank Jr. with electronic dance music and Florida Georgia Line and all sorts of weird noises. Do you have it, Sean? Not, not yet. All right, all right, all right. We'll have, we'll get it for you, and then you'll never forgive us. Doesn't the NFL, for a bunch of reasons, just feel like it's jumped the shark? Oh, yeah, the ratings, trying a little hard. The, the, the money net football, the the politics, just a whole bunch of things just ain't it's working the way they used to. Starting to have the old ROE, the reeks yeah. of effort. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that when we play the song because it is a, an actual crisis, I think, for the NFL. Oh um, and, yeah! And thank you, Hank. And the uh, <laughs> and the song illustrates it quite nicely. <gasps> Mailbag. <laughs> Here's a nice note from John. Please smack Sean next time he insists "mame" is a disyllabic French loanword. Beg your pardon? Disyllabic French loanword. Mm. Oh, I don't know about that, but it's pronounced "mame." We need a name. Okay, this is from Richard Dawkins. You he's know a, who Richard Dawkins is? He's the anti-God guy, right? Uh, well, he's also uh, an, an, an innovator, an, an internet uh, innovator, like I said a minute ago. I'm not an innovator. We need a new name for a new replicator, a noun that conveys the idea of a unit of cultural transmission or a unit of imitation. Mimim comes from a suitable Greek root, but I want a monosyllable. It sounds a bit like gene. I hope my classicist friends will forgive me if I abbreviate mimim to meme. If it is any consolation, it could alternately be thought of as being related to memory or the French word meme. Mame. It should be pronounced to rhyme with cream. The very guy who came up with it. Sean, your ignorance is offensive. So that, what year was that? 1989, the year of our Lord. <laughs> really? Yes. 
So the idea of meme has been around since 89? Uh, apparently. Wow. Wow. He was way ahead of his time on that. Yeah, indeed. He's an innovator, like I said several times. Uh, let's see. Uh, I apologize, writes Diane. As a proud North Dakotan, I apologize for the Miss USA answer about Donald Trump. The Miss USA answer about Donald Trump. Once we reject that, we take ourselves out of the negotiation table, and that's something that we really need to keep in mind. I'd just like to uh, apologize for her her tone of voice and her pace. Although, you have to do that. you got to cram as many words as possible I'm on their into side. your one-minute answer during the bikini contest. I'm on their side. It caught on a couple of years ago. The only attention, the only reason I ever know these pageants are on right. is because of the answers the girls yeah. give to the complicated questions. Otherwise, I wouldn't even know they exist. Well, they are going to be trotted around looking lovely. Not sexy. After the contest, for some reason, they've got to be like demure and and pure of heart. And they get trotted around in their gown and their sash to be spokespeople for various uh, grand openings of grocery stores and that sort of thing. You remember when the Butter Queen was in here? Lovely gal, very well spoken. You could tell that she'd been selected carefully. So that's what they're trying to do. Trying to select a real purdy girl to show up at, 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 at ribbon cuttings. Anyway, most of us here in North Dakota absolutely do not agree with her. She just caved to the audience and judged to appeal just to win. That's a scandal. Thank you, Diane. (laughs) North Dakotans weighing in. Well, North Dakotan weighing in. The pageant people realize that they have a gold mine of uh, attention if they ask these girls complicated political questions. Right. Right. They are praying for another maps oh, yeah. and such a- as sort of answer. Absolutely. And then the one with the firmest bottom and most symmetrical face wins anyway. <laughs> uh, so win-win. <laughs> uh, boy, we got a lot of great uh, emails about the opioid thing. Really interesting. I mean, like, th- they're episodes of The Wire. Wow. Really good. And we'll get to those in a little bit. But uh, very briefly, here's a nice note from uh, Gary, who's a longtime fag, 13 years. Rural counties have high painkiller prescription rates. Rural America elected Trump. Therefore, painkillers may have elected Trump. <laughs> Tired of hearing about the elections, so people went to their doctors for painkillers? <laughs> That's another theory, Gary. I like both your theories. That's right. People were so sick of hearing about politics by the time the election was over, they decided to become addicted to opioids. Here's a shower thought from uh, David. Howard's Zinn taught us that history is written by the winners. He can now rest peacefully since history is being taught by losers. Wow. It's a shot at academia there, I believe. <clears throat> what were most of the uh, painkiller uh, emails about? Was there a theme that emerged? Um, how people get them, how they're sold, how they are procured. Mm. It's it, Like I say, it was an episode of The Wire. It just it shows that that drug trade happening. Yeah. And so did you get more of a feeling that the problem is on the doctor end of it or on the... Uh people wanting it end of it mm, it's it's all of the be all of the above and more sorry if that's not that helpful but when you say doctor do you mean legitimate doctor do you mean pill mill uh quack doctors who who uh, are you know in storefronts coast to coast mm. a lot of good stuff there stay tuned listen boys writes jake in buffalo new york we already have a national show if Mrs. Armstrong ever starts selling her goat soap online, please keep us posted on the show. I'm a straight 33-year-old man 
But I started using handmade soaps a couple of years ago. There's just no going back. <laughs> it's also fun to try all the different varieties and soap makers. Believe me, well, you can go back. <laughs> You'll be fine. But, so it's like uh, craft brews, micro brews. Yeah. Back in the day when they were true micro brews. And the boutique soap thing is, is yeah. hot. My I, wife is really putting a lot of effort into it. I appreciate the jabs at Ma- Jack's masculinity. Although I'd say it's more of a hipster thing than a blind. I mean blind. I mean gay thing. Michael, for those not familiar. We're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. Mm. So we'll hear about that coming okay. up. Okay. Again, break, which is the one where you spot. like other dudes? I can never keep them straight. Is that the one where you need the service dog? I think so. <laughs> That's right. And my wife asks me when I get home every day, because I'll try the new bar of soap, and she'll say, how is the lather? I, I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Oh, don't. she. Did Does your send, skin feel more moist or less moist than usual? I don't know. Laura, I don't, send I don't, it to me. I don't ever think about how moist my skin is ever. I am all about the lather. Yeah, I that, am Captain Lather. Sounds <laughs> like the habits of a dry-skinned man over there. I'm in a lather. Yes. Send it to me. I'll review it for you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jake in Buffalo goes on to suggest that a bone broth or avocado toast scent would probably do quite well in the hipster market. <laughs> K-R-H-W-D-R-A-K-J-U. Keep riding horses with Dennis Rodman and Kim Jong-un. That's Jake B. in Buffalo, New York. Thanks, I wonder if she could craft a special goat beard soap for the hipsters, just for washing your beard. Wow, wow beard soap. That'd be a huge hit. Goat milk beard soap. Well, right. Exactly. Right. Oh, my God. That's a great idea. It's great because it's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And make it. Avocado toast scent. And really expensive. Although, what did I hear? Avocado toast is out. Um, oh, peas. Mushed peas are in. Okay. Can you imagine that? Gross. What am I? Mushed two- peas. I'm a two-year-old, apparently. Let's see. Here's a DB, frequent correspondent, always informative. The Federal Trade Commission warned last week that 27 tax returns should be filed as quickly as possible to ward off the expected crush of fraudulent tax returns requesting refunds before the taxpayer can file. Because of the Equifax thing. Mm. DB uh, informs us, when I submitted my tax returns via TurboTax, I received the error message that I had already filed. And then the fun began. It's an indescribable nightmare that takes hundreds of hours of work to head off. And even then, you never feel confident you're safe. Wow. I don't look forward to that. But my point is this. If you have any financial dealings during the year, most of that information isn't required to be submitted to tax payers until the end of february oh that's right you don't you don't get like your w2 or w9 or whatever until the end of february that's two months after the irs will accept tax returns from the previous year often some of my information doesn't trickle until the end of march with the equifax disaster the financial institutions should be required to make all financials available to taxpayers faster i want you to tell us that information this morning about uh the the execs there at Equifax and how they manipulated the market and everything. You got it. Because that is, the, the, yeah. these people should end up in jail somehow. And then this powerful sentence. If you listen to nothing else on the Armstrong and Getty show this year, listen to this powerful sentence. We're expected to embrace the seemingly inevitable move to a digital cashless world, and the geniuses in charge can't tie their damn shoes. Yeah. So true. Let's see. The always feisty Ian from Tijuana. We already have an international show. Jose! Uh, Because he lives in Tijuana. I get it. 
Um, the uh, subject is bum poo elimination squad. This <sighs> is, is uh, has to do with the uh, hepatitis A uh, epidemic in beautiful San Diego. Seattle, I believe. They were washing the streets. Uh, San Diego, I think. Was it? In okay. fact, I'm certain of it. Jose, there is a new endearing quality added to the domicilely challenged in San Diego hepatitis. At least 15 deaths and at least 400 of the homeless population are sick and receiving care. <clears throat> so what does the city do? Installed hand-washing stations throughout the city. Oh, good. So now after this upstanding citizen drops trow and defecates in the middle of the sidewalk, he can make sure to wash his hands. They also have teams going through the city spraying bum poo off the sidewalks. Uh, infectious bum poo, no thanks. This is from a guy who lives in Tijuana. Are they still... St- you stay classy, San Diego. Are, are people still trying to push the narrative that it's not about the homeless population causing the hepatitis? No, the that was, or- I think that was a, a just a passing sloppy mention in one source. Gotcha. I don't think that's a... I don't know. That was a... Clearly not the case. Depends who you ask. Yeah. That's pretty disgusting. I'd say... Is a sick enough. For America. Gotta build some affordable housing. Hmm? Is that it? Right between the uh, the airport runways. Got plenty of room right there. Nice apartment <laughs> building. I'm just thinking where there's open space. Yeah. There's no open space in downtown San Diego. That's a good spot. Where are you going to put it? Um, so Marshall has got his news and we'll get caught up and uh, how creepy the Equifax uh, hierarchy is and uh, all kinds of... Oh, I want to hear that Monday Night Football song. Yep. Stay tuned. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I just spilled my coffee. I hate when I do that. Sean, fly like the wind! Yeah, it's okay. Nothing important. Just newspapers. No electronics. I just... So my, my son's walking through the hallway the other day, and he hits his head on the side of the door. Joe, so his like, head? The door entry. He just hits his head going around the corner. He turned too sharp and hit his head on there, and he was so mad. Wow. And I was explaining to him how I'm... Explaining to him how it happens, and, and and nobody has any idea why. How you can get into your car eight thousand times in a row, right? And then you get in one time and you smash your head on the side of the door. <laughs> you know why do you do that? Now I why realize do you reach for your coffee a million times, All and right. then you reach for it once with your hand closed to knock it over. I realize he's a, a, a youngster, so he's always going at a high rate of speed. But does he really bank into turns? Because oh, I yeah. could see hitting like a shoulder, an arm, a wrist, but the head. I mean. He is really, he's digging in. He was I mean, so he's, mad. He said he's rounding third and heading for home. He was so mad at the house for doing that. <laughs> but I, I just knocked over my coffee in the same sort of way. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, side effects of the deal. The U.S. national debt reached $20 trillion for the first time ever last Friday. Oh, no, that's exciting. How do you like that, kids? Don't forget, that comes with a lot of interest. This after President Trump signed the bipartisan bill temporarily raising the nation's debt limit for three months. Trump, with the stroke of his presidential pen, increased the debt by approximately $318 billion in one day. How this is not more of a crisis that everybody's talking about how to solve is absolutely amazing. Nobody cares! Nobody cares. You can't get people to care. You want a talk show that will go out of business? Because you have no listeners, talk about the national debt. 
Well, you know, uh, before that, the national debt was standing at $19 trillion, and at $19 trillion, every American was on the hook for more than $58,000, and that includes children. And how much of it went up over during the Obama administration? It was like 8 or $9 trillion of it went up just during that eight yeah. years. That is correct, sir. Uh, so nice uh, chunk during the Bush administration as oh, well. Sure. It's yep. bipartisan squandering of our resources, but the truly horrifying part of it is not that we overspend enough that we continue to grow the debt. It's that we overspend every single day of every single month of every single year now in the United States. Not a month goes by, not a quarter goes by, certainly, that we stayed within our means. We are a crackhead as a country, and we're sticking the kids and the grandkids with the bill, and it's despicable. That's enough. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie really going after former White House strategist uh, Mr. Bannon. Oh, battle of the heavyweights. Yeah, Bannon told CBS 60 Minutes that Christie was passed over for a cabinet position because he didn't defend Trump over the infamous leaked Access Hollywood video. What uh, Bannon referred to was the Billy Bush weekend. Christie on PBS News Hour last night. I was there the whole Billy Bush weekend. I was there during debate prep, leading debate prep for the second debate, both on Friday and on Saturday. And by the way, if I was off the team, then why did I lead debate prep for the third debate? Third, I was offered cabinet positions by this president. Um, it's been widely reported. It is true that I was offered cabinet positions that I turned down. So I suspect this little black book that Mr. Bannon's talking about, the only one who read that black book was Mr. Bannon himself. I know that no one else cared about it. And now that he's been fired, um, no one's going to really care about anything else Steve Bannon has to say. Well, that last part was wrong, but the first chunk of it was really interesting. He wow. was, called him out specifically as a liar with evidence. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I wonder who's telling the truth here. I Mr. Bannon, the ball is in your court, I sir. don't remember hearing any reporting that Chris Christie was offered cabinet positions and turned down, as he seems to say, as we all know. I don't remember that story. Well, if the ball all. is in uh, Steve Bannon's court, the umpire sitting up on the high chair is one Donald J. Trump. And he might tweet something today. Wouldn't that be exciting? I don't think because you know he's watching it on cable news. I don't think Chris Christie was offered any cabinet positions. I think he just made that up. Wow, really? Yeah, I think that's a lie. Well, then he's gone completely off the rails. Uh, This from Business Insider, December 2016 report: Chris Christie turned down multiple cabinet jobs from Trump. Uh, Still, I'm just now reading. I'm going through. Secretary of Agriculture. He obviously <laughs> enjoys, you know, food production. Well, uh, and, Secretary of the Departments of Homeland Security and Veterans Affairs, as well as other influential roles, including a White House advisory job to the U.S. ambassadorship to Italy, it would which is the one his, I was going for. Cut into his <laughs> beach-going time yes. and his ball game attendance. I'm not sure the ambassadorship to Italy counts, but... Um, God, yeah. I'd take that job in oh, a second. Shit. Yeah, sign Please. me up today. That's the one that looks like a boot, right? How, <laughs> how awesome would that yeah. be? <laughs> the one where they have a lot of Italian food, Sean. You travel around Italy and go to every city's major Please. festival and eat some food and stay in the nice hotel. You go have a couple of cocktails with the prime minister once in a while. How do you think relations are going? <laughs> oh, not so bad. <laughs> be fabulous. There are at least 23 class action lawsuits against Equifax following the cyber breach that left the information of 143 million people vulnerable to identity theft. The suits claiming Equifax failed to protect consumers by allowing their personal data to be accessed and they assert that Equifax learned on July 29th that unauthorized individuals had gotten into the database but did not notify customers about the breach 
until September 7th. There is so, compelling evidence that that is true. So, so a new law has to be passed, and I generally don't like more laws, but a new law has to be passed that if you know your customer's data has been stolen, you have to let them know immediately when you find out. You don't get to wait five, six months while my data's hanging out there, and I don't have a chance to change my passwords or I, monitor my account or anything like that. Or freeze your credit or whatever you have to do while, to protect yourself. While you get your act together for whatever protects you the most. Right. I'm, my, my, my life is hanging out there. That's got to be a crime in the future. There's evidence piled a mile high against these guys. We can share that with you next segment if you like. As long as I get to hear the Monday Night Football theme. Yes. I really want to hear that. Top priority. Oh, yeah. That's right, Hank. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So they brought back Hank Williams Jr. I thought they would bring back the same, just the exact same thing they were doing before. You thought wrong. Bo Cephas. Shades and hat and beard and all, as he says. Mm, Or is he? I want to hear it. Or is he wearing skinny jeans and a tank top? (laughs) Hmm? So stay tuned for that. And these scumbags at Equifax. Hear about their scumbaggery coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The tough, cool Hank Williams Jr. Back on Monday Night Football. Oh, that is a hardcore and greasy groove. I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. Man, that's Hank. Hat and shade and beards and all. Hell yeah. Who wants to brawl? No more of that Carrie Underwood sissy stuff on Monday Night Football. I'll show these vegetables up your ass. So it's good to have him back on Monday Night Football. So so you weren't pleased? Let's, let's hear it. Come on now. Here's Hank. Here he is. The Greek. What happened? Okay, so in an effort to please absolutely everyone... Uh, and who can blame him? Uh, the NFL has Hank Jr., then some rapper fella. What's the rapper fella's name? Uh, Jason a- Derulo, more of a, an EDM. 50 Cent. An EDM. Uh, <laughs> uh, electric dance music is kind of what Morris is known for. Right, yeah. an EDM, and then the Florida Georgia Line. Which took me a couple minutes to realize that was an actual group and not a line in the song about Florida nope. and or Georgia. Very popular country, I'm using my finger quotes, group. But, uh, okay, well, I like it better than the Carrie Underwood thing. So you got a couple of constituencies for uh, for your Monday Night Football and your NFL in particular. I mean, your core constituencies would be your kind of uh, shot in a beer, working class, class white fellers and gals, and then the urban audience, as they refer to it in uh, the radio business. That means black folk. And so that's the two main, you know, young black fellers. And like uh, white guys in construction hats. And 
you got uh, angry young black fellers on the sideline kneeling down uh, for the national anthem to protest various causes, some of which are, are, are very legitimate indeed. Whether that's the right forum or not is, you know, up to you. Uh, and then you got your people who want to hear Hank Jr. So that's an interesting challenge for the NFL. However many people still in their demographic know who Hank Williams Jr. is. I don't know who that is, but... Um, what did your forty-five-year-old construction worker knows who Hank Jr. is? Boy, he'd be at the very outset of uh, he's he's he faded a long time ago. That's an oldies act, man. Well, yeah, but but beloved. Um, I was looking to see if there are any ratings out. I don't see any because I guarantee you they've got their eye on the Monday Night Football ratings. If they're down double digits, they're really going to be scared. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to hearing that. Yeah. Uh, so blockbuster feature on. Immigration and illegal immigration coming up. If you are of a progressive bent, if you have progressive friends and family members, insist that they listen at 704. I'm going to blow your mind. I love to have my mind blown. Not only that, not only that, but I think we're going to strike a major blow for calming everybody the hell down. Can we have an adult discussion here? And no. quit accusing no. each other of various sins. No is the answer. Okay, well, we're going to waste your time then, right after the 7 o'clock news. Thursday, September the 7th, 2017. A day that will live in infamy. Equifax announced that on July 29th, which was 39 days previous, the company discovered that sometime in May... Someone hacked into its online databases and stole names, birth dates, social security numbers, addresses, driver's license numbers, etc. of 143 million consumers Ooh. in the United States. So again, in September, they announced that in July, they had discovered in May that someone had hacked into, uh, you know, to, hell, most adults' uh, credit information. If that's true, and who knows if it is. Um, that they didn't know it until July. Uh, that's its own problem in, in that they're supposedly uh, good keepers of your info. And apparently they're not if they're not aware that that much was hacked for that long. Yeah. Or they're lying, which is certainly a possibility. I've heard very various uh, security computer security guys say that they used really awful uh, security systems. Wow. I don't, I don't know enough to comment on it. Um, well, of course, so does our own federal government. So who knows? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so they get into the software here, but uh, more interesting, uh, CNBC, the next day, looked into it, discovered filings to the Securities and Exchange Commission on August 1st and 2nd, two days after the company discovered the data breach, and 37 days before Equifax informed the public about the breach, three Equifax executives stole nearly two, not stole, sold, ah, nearly, that was, that was an actual Freudian slip. That's right. Thank you, Dr. Freud. Sold nearly $2 million in Equifax uh, shares. Corporate VP and Chief Financial Officer John W. Gamble Jr. Sold 6,500 shares valued at $946,000. So about so a million. So he put almost a million bucks into his pocket. Workforce Solutions President Rodolfo O. Ploder sold two hundred fifty grand worth. Put that in his pocket. That's got to be a crime, doesn't it? By the way, last year, Ploder received $500,000 in compensation uh, in salary, $600,000 in non-equity incentive plan compensation, $785,000 in stock awards, and $105,000 in all other compensation, totaling $2 million. 
Uh, the first guy, John W. Gamble Jr., got the uh, couple million or a million bucks worth. He uh, he made almost three million dollars as an estimated net worth of twelve point two. Do you know what it did to their stock price when they all dumped their stock? Uh, the market probably noticed because you can see inside sales. They have to disclose that. Um, you know, I'm not super duper into the market. I don't recall any headlines or anything. Mm. Um, but uh, I don't know. In short. Total value of the shares uh, was $1.88 million. Two days after they discovered the problem, 37 days before they acknowledged the problem. That is that is so weak. That's got to be a crime. If it's not, we need new laws. Equifax in, in, insists that the executives, quote, had no knowledge about now, an intrusion that occurred at the time they sold the shares. Now, see, that's insulting. That's when you really make me mad when you treat me like I'm a moron. And think I'll believe that. Time to build a gallows in the public square. Hmm? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.